everybody, and welcome to another episode of Magic with Zuby. My name is Zuby, and if you're brand new to the show, the show is all about a little well-known card game called Magic the Gathering. So tonight we have a very special episode for you all. We went all the way to the other side of the world to bring on this guest. Uh, we brought on Cheshire from Cheshire Plays Games, um, all the way from Australia. And um, we brought him on and talked about... God, I feel like we talked about everything on it. Um, so before we begin, uh, let's get a little bit of announcements out of the way. Uh, this podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and Spotify. And if you wish to help to support the show in any way possible, you can check out the show's Patreon at patreon.com slash magicwithzuby. And if you wish to reach out to me in any way, you can reach out to me on Twitter at magicwithzuby, on Instagram at magic underscore with underscore zuby. And you can email me with any questions you may have at mtgzuby at gmail.com. And here are a couple ads to quickly get out of the way here, and then we will go right to the interview. Thank you. Well, hey there, Zoe. Why the long face there, chum? I just want to order some magic cards, but the shipping was too expensive. Too expensive? Well, did you know if you go to LegitMTG.com, you can order any magic cards, and anything over $2 or more has free shipping. Wow, free shipping at LegitMTG.com. That's amazing. You heard that right, Zoe. Free shipping at LegitMTG.com with any order over $2 or more. Be sure to visit today and get the best deal on Magic Singles and Magic Sealed product available. Wow, that's amazing! And that is how you beat the latest standard meta with Abzan. Ugh, it feels like there's no magic content out there for someone like me. Someone who doesn't want to be competitive. Someone who is... Who is... Anormie? Yeah, exactly! Anormie! Well, have I got the show for you, the all-new Magic for Normie show! Hi, I'm Pixie. And I'm Zuby. Together, we host the all-new Magic, Magic for, for Normies. Normies! It is the Magic the Gathering show for all your normie needs. We don't care what deck got into the top eight or what deck is winning, we care about having fun playing magic. That's right, Pixie. You can watch us on Pixie's Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash pixiekittenplays and catch the VOD on our YouTube channel, Pixie Kitten Plays. If audio is your thing, you can find episodes on the Magic Wazubi RSS feed. Magic for normies. All right, yeah, yeah, we're just we're going live here. So I've got uh, Al, aka Cheshire Plays from uh, Cheshire Plays Games YouTube channel, also PureMTGO.com writer, and you also starting a. You've been streaming more, and you started doing Commander the Distancing as well. Yeah, so it's I, I feel like a lot of us have been doing Commander <laughs> games. Yeah, well, I mean, we have the technology, but we hadn't had the reason to before now. Like so. Yeah. I was doing Commander the Gathering, which was a live stream of actual, literal, physical people in the same place playing Commander. Yeah. And now with the pandemic happening, with this whole, you know, COVID-19 thing, it means that people have to stay home. We can't, you know, we have to social distance. So it made sense to turn the gathering into the distancing. No, I like and it. what a clever use of a name. <laughs> no, I like it, man. So this is uh, part two of our interview because it was... <laughs> Just so people don't, for people who don't know, I don't even know if I've ever explained it on the show, but um, last year, last summer, I think it was, 
or or, mm-hmm. or I, I can't remember what time last year we did this interview it was like two hours long it was going really 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 well unfortunately it was storming in florida at the time and it just shut my power down and when everything started coming back up i lost everything and dude i was so dejected i'm like I don't want to do that again. Like, like you right then so and there, angry. I, I was so <laughs> mad and I'm just, cause I've had that happen before and dude, it sucks. And it's, it's not the same when you're trying to do an interview again, right after mm-hmm. just doing it. Cause it doesn't feel authentic or anything. Well, yeah. Cause you're trying to touch on the same points and then you've got bits of that conversation lingering and you're like, Oh, I need to talk about this thing. And then you're scheduling it all. Yeah. And then you start sounding like a bit of a robot. Cause you're like, you're basically just spitting out the same shit again, just trying to go like, all right, yeah. well, no, it, it has to sound like this. Yeah. That's why I'm sorry. It, it, I mean, it's not your fault or anything. It's freaking Florida. Like I, I was streaming a uh, commander games earlier, MP numbers and Derek mags actually stopped by. Um, and I would, in it was starting to storm really bad and I'm thinking, Oh great. Is this just because I'm going to talk to you tonight that it's <laughs> like, I'm like, it's just, it's bound to happen. I'm going to lose the internet and all that. And, um, luckily I didn't, but, um, so here's hoping for part two goes a lot better. <laughs> two hours later. <laughs> oh, I'll be so pissed. <laughs> I'll be like, no, I, it's like, ugh, just quit. Whatever. No. Nope. And just in case, any of the viewers out there, the listeners are, are wondering about this weird accent that I have. I'm Australian. Oh, yeah, that's go. right. Yeah, I guess we should make mention of that. Um, yeah, you are an Australian content creator. So this I, is I a huge time difference for us right now. You're technically in the future. Um, yep, yep. It's as of like this, 11 o'clock in the morning for me. Yes, as of this recording, um, because I don't know when exactly I'm going to be releasing this because I'm technically recording this before I do my special 200th episode of magic with Zuby because I'm, I'm I want that I'm, I'm doing episode 200 it's going to be like a special show and all that stuff um so and then after right after my 200th episode I'm planning on doing something else so you may not be released for quite a little bit um I don't know what exact episode so as of the recording here it is my time Saturday night um April 18th and it's April 19th 11 a.m in the morning for you mm-hmm. so yeah that's right and this is what's a pain in the butt, not just with Australians, but also when I want to do anything with anybody in the UK or, UK, or, or in Europe. And all. Yeah, it's like I had Charlotte from the CAG on my uh, command of the distancing and it was just like, so I had two people in PT, no people in CT. We had one person in Finland and me in Australia. So I had oh, to work God. out times for three different, three different blocks so that we had four people on at the same time. And we still couldn't get it right. We're still an hour out on the Finland time. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, it's it's tough because, you know, I'm trying to get as many interviews as I can with people. And, you know, I'm trying to go outside the U.S. and all that. Like, I just had Total MTG on. And I've got some other people in Europe that I'm scheduling to get on. But, dude, it's tough. It's like, usually weekends I can do any time and all that. It's during the weekdays. It's super hard. And it's it's hard to remember like hey my nine o'clock it's usually they're like two or three a.m or something like that and yeah well i have a block of like two weeks coming up off in may and i'm so excited late late may i think and i'm so excited for it because every person that i've wanted to do commanded with like jeremy noel and like yourself like it's hard to to try and get in with people to play commander on their time zones 
because I'm in Australia. And yeah. usually when people are playing Commander, it's during the week. And I'm like, well, I can't do that because that might be your night time. But I'm stuck in my, my crappy corporate job. <laughs> so Oh, I'm, I'm right there with you. It's um, I'm, I'm working still, too. I'm working during the day. I mean, I've been working from home since last summer anyway. But um, I'm working way less hours and it's I'm not used to working just a normal 40 hour week. So it's kind of diff- it's a little bit difficult right now, not ha- having more free time. But I mean, mm. speaking of COVID real quick, how is it going over in Australia right now? I have water. I mean, <laughs> that's good. Right. And that's, that's pretty much how it's going. Um, uh, so during the first couple of weeks when we started the social distancing a lot of businesses and and i guess rightfully so but a lot of businesses were like well we're just gonna like hang back until we're told that we have to get people out but they didn't have plans in place for this like the fact that i can and am working from home shows that in my position you've never needed me at work i could have always have done my job at home a lot of people are figuring that out now yeah, so a couple of things come from that. So the first one is the people that can and are working from home are starting to feel like, well, that means my employer just didn't trust me. They wanted me on site because, you know, X, Y, Z. Um, to put it into perspective, I work 37.5 hours per week. Um, the only person that can do my particular job, I handle $4 million worth of fuel every month, you know, and a whole heap of like high stakes high risk issues that I have to fix for the company. Yeah. Um, being able to do it remotely is great. They've only just brought in, hey, casual all day, every day. We've we've previously had to wear suits like for four days and then on the fifth day have casual. Oh, wow. Why? You know, like, like that, that just like old men doing business should stop doing business the way they are and learn how business actually works wearing a suit if anything makes you more uncomfortable which makes you more prone to errors than putting somebody in casual clothes and going you know what wear what you feel comfortable in productivity is up Mm -hmm. Um, working from home productivity for a lot of people is is actually quite good um, I know that some content creators have said, you know, like, oh, when I work from home, it's hard, rah, 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 because I'm, you know, I'm getting distracted by this at the other. Um, that's fine. It's going to happen. Not everyone's built to work from home. But for me, this is like my ideal situation. Um, there was talk about us following the US and maybe reopening. Uh, and then our PM stood up and went, ah, uh, you know, we thought about it. We looked at the risks and we went, no. And I'm like, thank Thank goodness for that, because it's yeah. like opening our borders this early. <laughs> like, we're, we're doing quite well here in Australia on the curve. Um, our curve is flattening pretty well. I wish I could say but, the same. <laughs> well, uh, mm, I don't want to get into US politics because you know what I'm like. <laughs> well, no, and it's also, yeah, that that could just be a whole friggin' interview in itself. Just yeah. I'm just going to say, look at New York. Okay, great. <laughs> look at Florida. I mean, I, I know Florida isn't a hot spot yet, but Jesus. Oh, it's about to be, isn't Jesus. it? Didn't they just reopen the beaches? Well, well, hold on. So there's a lot of misinformation about that, actually. Um, it's only one county has opened up a public beach or something. And mm. it, I think it was decided by the mayor or the or who, the county commission or something. It wasn't actually the governor. Something, not, <laughs> something like that. And 
and apparently the, but the governor was complicit in it though and mm. and then i saw these headlines like all these beaches are opening up and then when i went and digged further and i'm like oh it's only like one or two but still oh, but but st- it, <laughs> it's still bad but yeah uh, not maybe as bad as the shitty media machine was this to believe oh my god but yeah dude it's so florida itself is i think is going to be the next hot spot it's um it dude when i whenever i go out for groceries it's no one's fucking following social distancing nothing it's and it, and it's causing me like agoraphobia because i don't want to be near these people and, and in case mm-hmm. i'm an asymptomatic carrier i don't want to pass it over to them and all that and dude okay so you know florida like is heavily populated with old people oh, there's yeah. still so many of them going out and about here and it's like and and and, and you know to, in their defense, maybe they don't have a choice but to go out, right? Because they don't have any family. They get, they have to get food and all that, which really sucks for them, you know? Yeah. But it's, God, it, yeah, I, I'm scared for my state, to be honest. It's, <laughs> it's see, I, um, this is kind of, I guess this is where Australia are kind of a bit different. So we've set up measures, a lot of our, grocery stores are set up like special delivery measures for like old people and contactless delivery and you know all the things that we're supposed to be doing our supermarkets have instigated like 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 you would go to a nightclub when a nightclub's fill you know you've got the bouncer who's sitting outside and he's like no no you're gonna have to wait mate before you go in there's too many people in there they're doing that they're doing like the spacing out on the the walkthrough basically but yeah, the problem the, is they're doing going, similar stuff at, at some of mm. ours like they they have you know you can't stand so close together at checkout and all that and they have special hours for for elderly people and for first responders and all that. so they're doing that it's still you know all the other idiots around here it, and that's what i was gonna say like when we go shopping um i'm i'm terrified every time because once you're in the grocery store none of the Patrons are actually paying any attention to social distancing at all. No, of course. Like not. I had somebody sitting like right next to me at the grocery store when I was looking at eggs, and I just felt like I could just like tell them to move or push them or something. Like, and and before anyone, uh, this this is a a big thing I have with this situation. Before anyone out there says Darwin, don't be like that. We we should be using empathy, regardless of. If somebody is a complete moron and they're going to get everyone killed, still have some compassion for that person because empathy yeah. and compassion is the biggest thing that we can do right now to make sure we remain as good as we want to be, as we want to see. Uh, the big thing I saw with like the whole Boris Johnson thing and people were like, lol, I hope he dies. And I'm like, this that's Boris still, Johnson might be a, a shit human, yeah. but they're still a human. Like, yeah. We should be saying like, hey, that's terrible. It serves you right, don't get me wrong, but it's terrible you have it, and I'm so sorry that you have to go through this, and I hope you live through it. Because if that person lives through it, maybe, just maybe, that's it, enough it for them to go, in their head and I yeah. was wrong, <laughs> holy shit. <laughs> yeah. One can only hope. Um, well, one thing I want to ask, so Australia has had quite a 2020 so far <laughs> with the Australian fires. Um and then pretty much a global pandemic it's been yep. how's australia itself holding up uh our economy's <laughs> ruined <laughs> as we were discussing before we started like our australian dollar is 1.57 of an american dollar 
so hey Americans now's a good time to like buy up Australian money but probably not because the whole world's about to shut down for a while um, yeah <laughs> I, look this it's it's all horrible it's all bad right now but I I can't help but feel that yeah we'll get through it like we yeah. always do because we're Australians and we just truck on and we drink a lot of beer and shit um, I don't know I, I don't know what the future is going to hold and right now it's a bit scary because it's just it's, oh, yeah. it's all sketchy um, I, I, I'm at the point where I don't want to this is going to sound like such a weird old man thing but I don't want to keep my money in Australian banks because what happens if the banks fold? We saw that happen in America with some banks that needed bailouts and stuff. And then oh, all oh, of a sudden, don't like, you worry. money was gone. Don't you worry with American banks, all right? Because the government will make sure those corporations <laughs> will stay open before they help any of the people. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Uh, but yeah, it's it's it worries me, but there's like what am I going to do? You know, I don't have any control over it. I don't have options. Yeah, that, I can't make a difference. Like, I know you know, all I can do is sit here and watch the train wreck as it careens off the rails and, and hope the train stays upright and nobody gets killed. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. It's like, um, got just speaking of money real quick, you know, cause I've got stock options. I've got my retirement, my 401k and I'm just like, I'm seeing it all crash down and I'm like, it may, maybe if I was like way smarter with money, I would know what to do. Like, like you know, like if I was like super smart accountant or something, or like but then I, you'd I, be rich and you wouldn't be in America anyway. That's <laughs> yeah, true. I mean, I wouldn't be doing this. But I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but no, it's but I'm like seeing all my stocks and all that shit just tumble, and I'm all like, eh, what, you, what you gonna I, do? Yeah, I mean, I, I I'm, I'm like thankful. That my retirement fund, my superannuation, you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm thankful uh, I still have a job right now. I mean, that, that's about the best I can, you know, be thankful about. Because, dude, there's just, it's scary right now. Like, if I were to lose my job, it's, God, just, I, I don't know. It, it's scary out there right now in yeah. America. Well, so our, our government in has, uh, they've put in place a, a stimulus package. Not like the U.S. Um, this is a, a proper stimulus package um and it is basically like hey if you get fired you you lose your job you get stood down because of covid then we'll give you one thousand five hundred dollars i think it's per fortnight to live on until things improve so so basically almost like 3k a month almost yeah pretty much yeah which i mean um, Oh god! Like I, I don't want to get too deep into politics here, man. Because well, I mean, it's, it's it's just under what I've earned yeah. per month, anyway. So you know, no, but I mean, I mean that that's that's good, you know. Mm. Um, but, but anyway, how long is that gonna last? <laughs> oh god, yeah. Let, let's get on to some happier topics here. Let's talk about um, let's talk a little bit about Commander and Ikoria. Because well, actually, let's just talk about a little bit, bit about Commander. Ever since I started doing these. <clears throat> paper edh streams dude i've been playing so much commander and welcome um, to my world <laughs> it's well well and, and and i'll admit before this whole like streaming it and all that i i'd maybe play commander maybe once a month at an lgs not even maybe once every other month because my friends and i would just never have time to get out and i'd been and i would play so much DD at my lgs and i would just mainly play magic arena at home right so uh the one good thing about this pandemic, you know, or 
is you know i'm able to get around more people and play well you know get around people distantly and play some commander and i'm just having a freaking blast like today i streamed over six hours of paper edh and i could have kept on going I, mm-hmm. it's um it, it's, it's fun as hell it's it's there's a reason why wizards have made this the year of commander you know there's a reason why that they release the stats saying hey yeah look we we do know actually that the commander players are the ones who are actually like keeping keeping magic out there and like you know the un basically the unsung heroes because you know commander players are the ones who are buying all the product you know and, and kind of like and i won't say like they're you know the and it uh but a large proportion of those sales are the commander players the casual players and the commander players um wizards bringing out you know basically saying yeah this is what's happening um is really good for us because well i guess it's a 50 50. (laughs) it's really good for us on one hand because it's like hey we acknowledge that you 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 know commander players who have been called dirty casuals for such a long time are actually the backbone of magic but at the same point we have the year of commander where we're told about all these products coming out for Commander, and we're like, oh, well, this would have been really good, at, you know, just based over a two-year period, and now it's made even worse because of COVID-19. <laughs> it's like, uh, we want to, we really want to buy all the products, but how much of the products can we actually buy and not leave ourselves in a vulnerable position? Yeah, it's um, th- that is definitely going to be tough. Um, mm-hmm. and shit. But like, I, I just love the fact that like, I'm I'm I have now the ability to reach over the pond, basically both ponds halfway around the world. Yeah, uh, and get people interested in like, hey, you're somebody I've always wanted to play with. I'm obviously not going to make it to Vegas this year. Do you want to come on the stream and well, let's live stream some webcam commander? And everyone has been amazingly positive. Like, we've got Jeremy Knoll coming up on one. Uh, we just awesome. had Charlotte of the CAG. We had um, Alex Kessler, Kess from Kesco, uh, from Masters of Modern. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it was, uh, we, like, had a really good time. We had Perry, like, Tank of Drank. I've wanted to have Perry on for forever. Um, and we were working on something before his house burnt down, you know? <laughs> so oh, being able to get right. him on that's this. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so about being that. able to get him on this was great. So it's been great for me because, you know, it gives me that little bit of extra reach just being like, hey, come on the show. Let's play Commander and let's chat. Yeah. And it's it to me as far as not only is it awesome just playing Commander like that with people to me, it it's also making streaming a lot more fun as well, too, Mm -hmm. because let's be honest. I mean, as much as I love Magic Arena, it's I have a hard time just streaming it because you're sort of just talking to yourself the entire time. You're, you know, you know, you may have people coming in and chatting with you, but it's kind of not the same because you're not getting that, you know, audio feedback and all that from the person. And and it gets a little boring and frustrating because you're facing literally faceless nobodies. And mm-hmm. you don't know how they're reacting, how they're playing and all that, where with Commander, it's, you know, even though I'm only seeing everybody's hands and all that, you know, you can still hear their voice and see how they're reacting and it makes it a lot more fun. And yeah. and, and, well, the, I mean, and the audience enjoys it way more, too. Yeah, I guess the other problem 
with arena at the moment like with best of you've got to play best of three right because best of one is all mono red and cat sack decks and mono white life game yeah um and best of three is a longer format and it takes you know a lot more mental capacity to play don't get me wrong mental capacity for commander is pretty huge but if you're talking to three other people while you're doing it the mental capacity is is sharing a 50 50 with your social aspect so the social aspect is kind of calming down on the anxiety side of your brain that's going i have to win i have to play good for my viewers and instead it's like no actually i don't have to win i i can make play mistakes i just want to have fun and i want to show people how fun this game is and i want to yeah. do some fun exciting things while not pissing off my table so i'm not going to play mass land destruction <laughs> oh yeah well no it's um one thing i have noticed and so you know i do that magic for normies podcast with pixie and um i think she's finding out that i'm not much of a normie magic player because she's playing a lot more <laughs> of my commander decks and i i have to defend myself on that uh, my play group is very degenerate so i have to build to their power level and and I'm not saying like I I'm not saying it's like competitive EDH levels and all that stuff. They're just finely tuned and all that. They're not very casual. They're not very budget as well either because you know I've been playing this game for so long. I've just accumulated cards and you know a card that maybe fifty bucks now I got it for two dollars back then. Um, but the the thing like like today's a good example. Like one of the games I was playing Omnath Locus of Rage, um, and I was up against oh god. Oh shit! What was I up against? I was up against Kalia the Vast, Sir Conrad, and Vorvo, the the mono green giant, or whatever. I mean, I, I ended up losing the game, but it was twice in like two turns. I played uh, Boundless Realms for like ten and fifteen, or like fifteen and twenty, just to get all my lands out. Yeah, they killed my Omnath before it would resolve and all that. But <laughs> it, but it's like I had every single land out of my deck you know so i'm just pulling like nothing but gas out of my deck and still lost but it was just the power my power levels are there and i'm understanding realizing like i don't know how to build casual decks <laughs> i don't know how to do it it's i i yeah i i think for me my focus is generally on fun of the table so yeah. i look at what i'm what i'm building when i'm building it and i go how much fun is this going to be for other players i have played those decks that are fun for me without regard for the table um and that was i mean it was fun for me and i played the deck one time and i dismantled it i think that was my that was my demir um bola citadel deck yeah oh okay which was like i just killed the table in turn six every time oh, damn. just consistently it's just like if you can't stop me if you're all tapped out i'm just going to kill you um but yeah so like when i build decks i generally build them to to kind of you know to to play better with the table uh one of the things you might want to consider is for your omnath deck uh being degenerate is zurin orb right Ooh. so you can sack all your lands and gain two life per land uh and then the mending of mending of dominaria is it the green one Okay. Because uh, the third mode is return all land cards from your discard pile back to play. Ooh, I like that. So you sack your like thirty lands or twenty eight lands or whatever, then on th like on three, and then return them all back and get thirty eight triggers. Ooh, that's gross. You're welcome. I like it. I like <laughs> it a lot. 
Um, but and, and this is something that is in one of the decks here because yeah. it can be interacted with quite easily. But if nobody's got an interaction for it, everyone's going to die. And it's very late game. It's not like it's after turn 10 that you generally do it, you know. And that's yeah. what I focus on is like if I can let other players do whatever it is that their deck does that's really cool that doesn't let them win the game but it's very cool, that's great. Once they've done yeah. that, I'll kill the table if I can. Um, yeah, no, no, I, I know uh, what you mean. It's I, I try to lately, like my friend has been challenging me to build non-blue decks um, because <laughs> I have an affinity for control. Like, Crufix is my favorite commander, and, you know, pr pretty much I've built Crufix Eldrazi control to where, you know, I, I don't want people to play. So, and, um, and my other most degenerate deck is Chulane. Chulane is just dumb that is such a dumb commander mm -hmm. so it's it, just it's too good it, you can build a casual which is what i did right so the first time i built true lane i built a casual deck and it was just value and it outvalued the table right because it is just such and and i'm gonna say it's such a well-designed commander that it just provides almost infinite value like it is oh, just yeah. such a great commander putting it in a CEDH style deck when you've got like Food Chain and Aluren and you know, uh, the, the Eldrazi that you can play from Remove from game. Yeah. And and you've just got like a masterwork of like CEDH which is great because I've been getting a little bit more into CDH stuff on the side just to try it out. Um, and my first one was taking that deck to a Magic Fest up in Brisbane and playing against some other CEDH people. And they were just like, because they hadn't seen somebody actually build Chulane yet at the at the time that it happened. Mm -hmm. And they were just like, oh, this should be pretty easy. That doesn't look like, you know, a great commander. It looks fine, but it doesn't look like it's going to ruin the table. Yeah, ruin the table. <laughs> Damn, that's <laughs> like crazy. With the, right, with the right draw, it's so good. Yeah, but yeah I, I think that when it comes down to it, everyone has their own philosophy based on their own playgroup. Um, my philosophy is always going to be I want to play between a five and a seven, but I also want to make sure the table's enjoying themselves. And that's just not from a host point of view. That's from a player point of view because yeah. I'm not a host. You know, I may host the games, but I'm there to play. I'm not there to be all like showmanship be like, oh, hello, everyone. Welcome to my fantastic <laughs> show. It's like, no, like, let's play Commander. Let's actually do this. Let's, you know, have some fun. Yeah, nothing, it's, um, nothing angers me more than you know the the person who comes into a commander game and then they just want to like show off just their junk and it's like oh yeah they, they want to puck stomp and all that it's, yeah it's and you know it, it as far as hosting these games <laughs> like putting on a show for them I've been trying to play my control decks way less on them because I that like I said I want the other players to do crazy shenanigans like I want that to happen and all that like i i just built uh the ur dragon just of with everything i had laying around and the mana base is extremely terrible and extremely slow and i have like no mana rocks i don't even have a chromatic lantern or anything so <laughs> it's very bad but it managed to win a few games today and um and i just had to tell the other players like you guys are just way too slow like my shit is so slow <laughs> that you just pretty much let me win and all that yeah. and I've, I've had games like that um i've had games where it's like i've been sitting there waiting for for everyone to like do their cool thing and i'm like yeah. i'm still waiting 
still waiting. I'm still waiting. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to kill the table because it's like turn 15 and I'm real bored. You know, there, so there are absolutely groups that are going to be, you know, a bit slower than we would like. Oh, but again, it yeah. still comes past like the we're past ten, turn 10. I've given everyone ample time to do whatever it is your deck's supposed to do. If you haven't done it and if the game's not enjoyable for the rest of the table, let, let's just end it. Yeah, like I, I don't care if games take long and all that stuff. It's um, and, and I'm not saying you know I'm trying to be the policeman of the table or anything like that. <laughs> it's just you know sometimes, and, and uh, Efren from Cardsphere.com got a little mad at me because I told him like, yeah, I literally just built this deck with what I had laying around. He's like, oh, just what you had laying around, huh, huh? And as you just <laughs> wipe the fire, I'm like, what can I say? You guys were too slow to to kill me because I, I have <laughs> I have the ten tri lands in there. And then a bunch of basics and some quote unquote fetch lands, terramorphic and evolving wilds, and that's about it. <laughs> as far as my land base, everything else is so bad. Oh, a land base sounds terrible. Oh, it is. Well, <laughs> and, and you know, I know how powerful Dragon Tribal can be, like if you build it fast and all mm. that, like ramp up fat. That's why I built it with the crappiest mana base, and I kind of don't want to upgrade it. You know, yeah. I mean, may, may, maybe maybe a chromatic lantern that probably be the one upgrade I'd want, but other than that, eh, I don't need to. So, um, you've been actually, I want to get some of your thoughts on Ikoria. What what are some of your thoughts on that so far? Uh, the cycling isn't as good as I'd hoped it would be. Uh, in limited, the mutate ability in limited is fantastic, except. So in the in the morning uh, of release, people didn't seem to realize how good mutate was. By the afternoon, you couldn't draft mutate because everyone at the table is drafting mutate. <laughs> I, I, I still it's, haven't used my draft token yet. I need to. Uh, you need to do that absolutely. I, I think it's a great limited format. Oh, I love the uh, sealed think, when I did the early access event. I think some of the stuff will lend itself to commander for sure. Um, there's actually a. Uh, an article up on puremtgo.com at the moment uh, where I've given my thoughts on some Aquarius stuff because there's some really powerful cards. Um, there's some stuff that I think is going to work in the 99 better than the, the 100 slash 101. Um, yeah. I'm a bit sad that the Otter got banned straight up. I understand why, but I'm sad because I want an Otter commander because I, I wanted to make a deck that was utterly ridiculous, just filled yeah. with like otters and shapeshifters to be otters. I, I, <laughs> I can I can understand banning him as a companion, but I can't believe they just banned him completely from the game. It's like now you can't put him in the ninety nine or even a commander. It's like, and and I understand the decision. However, I think they need to give more faith to players. Like to say that banned as companion would be confusing is like well. We used to have Bandas Commander, and they removed that because they thought that that was too confusing. It's like that's not, it's not confusing at all. Like it's it's really not. You either just ban something or you don't. Doesn't feel necessarily good. Yeah. Like I think that they should have had this is Bandas a companion, this is Bandas a commander. You know. Yeah. Um, I mean, the card itself, it, it, even if you just allow it in the ninety nine, it's not that good. No, it's uh. not. It's really not. And, and people are going nuts over and it's like no in constructed it's a great card absolutely in like legacy and vintage and stuff like people are now seeing how how good it can be mm -hmm. but generally speaking in commander the stuff that you wanted to interact with is banned anyway so i mean not having it as a companion like having a banned as a companion makes sense 
but having it totally banned does not make sense. Yeah, it's, but whatever. I mean, I, I know what is it? Rule zero. You can still allow it at your table if you wanted to. Like, honestly, if someone came to my table and put it in the ninety nine, I honestly wouldn't care. Like, yeah, it's, exactly. It, I mean, it's not going to make or break a game or anything. You know what I mean? Um, Plus, it's so cute. It's so it cute. Is. It is. It's ridiculously <laughs> cute. The um, I, I my only experience with Ikoria so far is just playing um, just the sealed event that I did during the early access event, and I loved the sealed. I wanna I wanna get more into sealed and draft with this format. Um, I played a little bit of the standard, and I've got a feeling I'm not gonna like it with all the amount of companions I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I've got a feeling like especially when the meta starts to resolve and settle down oh god I, i've got a feeling i'm not gonna like standard very much it's it's gonna be weird it's gonna be a weird time yeah especially yeah. with the companion mechanic um i wouldn't be surprised if we see some mechanic or companions banned as companions or something or i don't know it, it's it's a really cool mechanic right because mm. it's sort of like you have a little pet you know but it's also and from what I kind of agree with what a lot of people are saying online is it's sort of like you're starting with a starting hand of eight. And even if you mull down, you still have a starting hand of seven. Yeah. You know, so you're not really being that punished. Or, you know, you're, you're basically getting an extra card into your library without having to have, you know, you're beating the restriction, basically. Yeah. Which, I mean, for all the... It, it's funny when I was watching people complain because there were some people complaining and they're the same people I saw complaining about. But why can't every deck have hybrid mana cards? Wait, so you're fine with 101 cards. But, I mean, you're not fine with 101 cards, but you're fine with having off-colored cards in your mono-white deck. Yes, of course. Cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I, I played some Brawl. Uh, that was pretty cool. Um, I, I was playing uh, Brockus. Brockus, Brockus. It's the creature that uh, can be replayed out of your graveyard. I was playing oh, that okay. as my commander, the mutate one. Uh, yeah, it was all right. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, I, I guess we'll see in the next month like how the set actually goes. But I think for commander, there's a lot of really interesting stuff that I need to dig down deeper into. Um, let me just pull up because it was a specific, where is it? And I still don't even know all the cards in Ikoria yet. Well, I mean, that's exactly it. Especially now, like it's a, it's a confusing time because you've got, no, not that one. Why is that site not coming up? It's an interesting time because we've got like basically two different sets you know oh yeah at the oh, same time dude during the preview season when they were doing the commander 2020 and the icoria dude like like i was getting so confused as to what cards were what i saw some commander cards i'm like that's gonna be in standard no way and then mm-hmm. you know oh it's actually a commander card um you're, you're trying to look up an icoria card right now yeah i'm just trying to who are you trying to look up because i've got um uh, sorry, it's just my phone is just being a bit weird. Uh, Aluna, Apex of Wishes. There it is. Flying Trample, right? Uh, for two colors, a green, a blue, and a red for a 6-6. Six, six. All right, so already pretty well-costed for Flying Trample. Whenever this creature mutates, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land permanent card 
put that card onto the battlefield or into your hand. Wait, what What card was that? What was it called? Uh, Aluna. Why am I Apex not... of Wishes. Apex of Wishes. Oh, why am I not finding that? Mm-hmm. Apex. Oh, there we go. Okay, I found it. Oh, 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 yeah. The, that's right. That's right. The Teamer one. Yeah. And whenever this exile card on top of your... Okay, that's disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's especially considering that's the creature types. Yeah. Especially considering the creature types as well. So dinosaur. Okay. Yeah, dinosaurs uh, it's fine. Like we we're still looking for good dinosaurs to be honest. And in those colours, eh, it's fine, it's fine. Beast, well, there's a couple of really cool beasts, so that's fine as well. Elementals? Elementals. There's a lot of good ones. It's it's team elemental. <laughs> well, well, with also with mutate. Remember, it doesn't it doesn't have to be one of those three. It could be any it, non-human. It doesn't. But if you're just building just around a theme of like choosing a creature type, yeah, you're you're getting so much value just from oh, it yeah. being an elemental. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> Especially when you're playing certain elementals that allow you to dig into your deck because every time you play an elemental, blah 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 blah. Oh, so. Yeah. But I mean, the fact of like being able to mutate and then just flip cards until you flip something cool and chuck it on the battlefield, or maybe just into your hand. So you're going to be playing, let's see, uh, Ronus, uh, Crater Hoof. Okay, good. I'm done. <laughs> Everything else doesn't matter. Just chuck those in yeah. there, and it's all good. No, e- even some of the ultimatums are just crazy good. Oh no, no, no! You you know what card looks that is insane that I saw Pixie playing against a bunch. Um. It was a self-mill deck with Song of Creation. Dude, that Song of Creation is a ridiculous card. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. Just in case people don't know, it's the one green, blue, red. Uh, you play an additional land on each of your turns. Whenever you cast a spell, draw two cards, and at the beginning of your end step, you discard your hand. So you're doing a self-mill strategy where every time you play two lands a turn, or, or heck, even more than two lands, because if you have more than one, one of these out... You're just going to be drawing so many freaking cards off that. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. I hate it, but I love it at the same time. The, the best thing is, just think about Song of Creation, right? Uh, it's not legendary, yeah? No, it's not. So yeah, you could play more than one. If you're playing it in Commander, you can clone it a bunch with clone effects. Oh god, gross. I hate it. Mm. This, this is one of the things that I was saying to somebody the other day, was like... Can you imagine playing this in a clone deck in Commander? Like, just with, like, the stuff that lets you, like, uh, clone... like Permanence I think, and all that. and Yeah. Clever Impersonator like would be one. Clever Impersonator, exactly. Um, uh, I think... Was it Spark Double was another one? Or did Spark no, Double... No, I think Spark Double's creatures? only creatures and Planeswalkers, yeah. I think. Because there was a couple in those colors that, that clone... That can clone... Uh, is it quasi-duplicate? Or is that just creature... Mm-hmm. I think that's just creature. Okay. But play it with Starfield, make it into a creature. Oh, and then clone it. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> well, no, Starfield's white though, right? Yeah. So you Isn't need Song of creation. It, it, it's Teamer. Oh, it's Teamer. Yeah, it's not just guy. <sighs> so you need four colors. Well, there's which... other ways to do it, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The um. No, the whirlwind of thought, the Jeskai one. Whenever you cast an on creature spell, draw a card. 
that is mm. ridiculously good. That is, I'm gonna I'm gonna be working on building a Narset EDH deck. Um, I'm not doing extra turns. I'm not doing. I and I'm gonna and my restriction for myself for that deck is gonna be zero counters. I'll have some bounce effects and you know mm. you know board wipes and all that stuff, but zero counters because um, I don't want to make another control deck. <laughs> um, but so but I want to make it where. I want big, splashy, fun cards that Narset can cast when you know when I attack with her. For me, Titan's Nest. That's the Titan's one I want Nest. to try. Um, oh, that's the, the one that gives everything uh, pseudo delve. So at so Titan's Nest, so people know, is one black, green, and blue enchantment at the beginning of your upkeep. Look at the top card of your library. You may put that card into your graveyard. That's gross, especially if you're playing like a, a good graveyard commander deck. Exile a yeah. card from your graveyard, add colorless, and spend this mana to cast a colored spell without X and its mana cost. Oh, I don't like that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because uh, so what if I want to uh, cast Villainous Wealth and all that stuff with this? <laughs> well, you can't, sadly. I know. That's... Or can you? What okay, you so here's you? my thing. Uh, is it Prismatic Lens? prismatic lens hold on prismatic lens um oh well it well prismatic lens is just uh you tap to add one color to your man or one colorless to your mana pool then you pay one to tap add one mana of any color to your mana pool there was another one then there was one that you could pump the mana through and change it into matter of any color uh, what was the card called? I can't remember now. But basically, there's ways to funnel the mana that you get from this, from from pseudo delve, yeah, from exiling those cards through an artifact, changing the mana into another color. So the mana is not coming from Titan's Nest anymore. Oh, the mana is right. now coming from the artifact <laughs> to play your X spells. It's sort of like what rich people do with their money. They they change exactly. They they keep it offshore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, e exactly. It's an, it's an offshore mana source. <laughs> How to avoid the IRS and Commander. Hmm. But the other thing with this is playing things like Nexus of Fate and, you know, basically just a, a way to keep milling yourself out, you know, changing, like delving away those cards, keep yeah. casting, like I'm going to get an extra turn after this one, and then Oracle to win, you know, or Labman. So... Oh, it's another gross. one of those. There's ways to do this to make this card super gross and super fun. And that's freaking awesome. That's what I love with commanders, just finding crazy stuff like that. It's um, I don't know. Uh, let me see what else is. I I love the um. What are your thoughts on the whole Godzilla promotion with it? The whole t Godzilla tie-in. Um, look, look. It's fine, right? It's it's fine. It's great for some people. It's not great for other people. To me, it's I don't care. I, like, the card is still the card, right? Mm -hmm. It just has some alternate art that's kind of cool. At least it's something I can respect being Godzilla rather than something like, oh, I don't know, My Little Pony. Yeah, it's true. Keep that to silverboarded. Keep that to silverboarded. <laughs> No, no it, it's fine. Oh, dude, it really when they is. when they spoiled the Godzilla thing, I freaking fell in love with it. I love it. I, I'm such a huge Godzilla fan, and I've got um, mm. 
uh, someone that I play EDH with on the stream, Baltan, he's also a huge Godzilla fan. So he and I were sort of like fangirling out that when they were spoiling this, it's it, it's awesome. I I love it. It's um I want to see more stuff like this, but I hope they don't oversaturate it. You know, like I hope you this isn't bit with collector boosters. Oh God. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it, it, you know, collectors, but collector boosters really make me miss the expeditions and all that, and the masterpieces mm-hmm. and all that. I miss those. Oh my god! E- even though, like, towards the end, like with the Amon Kent invocations, it was kind of feeling like, eh, they're not that great. But at well, least see, I didn't have to buy a, another product in order to get one. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is uh, this is the thing. Like, I mm, I kind of get buying another product to get one, but. You, they went from like these amazing invocation looking arts. Don't get me started on the typeface. Everyone knows how horrible the typeface is. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that was. But bad. they went from this like amazing shiny, like it looks like a gem. You know, when you pull one of these things IRL, you look at it and just go, "Did I just pull this? It looks gorgeous." Yeah, like the expeditions and masterpieces were amazing looking. But then like... you saw the Theros gods, and it was like, oh, they just kind of look old art. They don't look special. You know, they just look all art. The invocations and stuff looked shiny and special and like gold leaf basically is how they looked, even though they weren't just because of that, like beautiful gold design that they had on them, you know? Yeah. With the new ones, it's all cartoony looking comic booky art. And it's like, I get it. And it's kind of cool. Still doesn't feel much like a special product thing. Well, and Plus. I've seen the complaint that it doesn't feel very Magic the Gathering-like. Like, like some of the complaints I've heard is the comic book art and the Godzilla thing makes it doesn't feel like Magic at all. It, it's yeah, a, feel like a separate thing. Yeah, same people are the ones that really loved uh, Liliana Death's General or whatever her name is, you know, being like the, the Japanese-style art. You know, there's oh, no yeah. difference between that and between this. There really isn't. You're looking at one side, it's like uh, manga-inspired art. On the other side, it's comic book-inspired art from mm-hmm. the old, like, you know, Godzilla comics of, of yesteryear. As, as cool. Like, everyone has a, a different palette of what they want to see. I like all of them. But at the same time, Wizards, stop with the collector's boosters. Make them rarer so people will actually chase them, <laughs> you know, and put them back into booster packs because we're going to buy boxes and boxes and boxes rather than like, I can't afford a booster box for collector boosters here in Australia. It's $450 oh, Australian, which is like, you know, maybe 200 American. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they're, they're obviously working because they keep making them. It, it's, well, I, I don't know. The, the one thing I do worry about, though, is I really hope, like, the Godzilla thing is an awesome idea. I just hope it doesn't overstay its welcome. Like they don't keep doing stuff like this for every single set. Like maybe a once a year thing. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. I think once a year thing, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done this with commander. I'm surprised that the commander decks haven't been a once per year, like themed towards some product or some, you know, like, like transformers, right? Yeah. Last year's decks could have all been transformer commanders and we would have gone, Hey, that's not magic but that's kind of cool. You would have still had the same backlash, yeah. but I feel like doing it like that would have been pretty cool. Like having the Transformers face card and having the rest of the deck just be like, yeah, this is Commando. 
maybe have a, like a couple of cards in there that are like you know Transformers themed cards. Yeah, but still overall, it's it's magic thematic. Like it's it the actual text on the cards relate to Magic the Gathering, like they're doing with these Godzilla cards. You know, it's not like they're changing anything to do with the card. They're just going, hey, here's a normal version of the card. Here's a version of the card that is, you know, uh, Transformers. No, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind something like that. I mean, I'm not big into Transformers or anything, but I mean, just like we've said before, there's people who like that stuff. Cool. If they like it, awesome. As long as if they were to do something like that for Command, as long as I still got the normal looking card that was still an option, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind. You know, and I'd probably sell off the Transformers stuff to people who do want it. Yeah. You know? I mean, just just, just wait until we see He-Man. Oh, God. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Look, we know that... Well, as, as, long, as long as it's Dolph Lundgren his... He-Man the, from the... from the, it, it, Then I don't want it. it I don't want it, it then. It definitely won't be. <laughs> then I, I want nothing to do with it. If it's not going to be Dolph Lundgren 80s He-Man... That, that wasn't even a He-Man movie. How dare you, good sir? It, how dare it you? It wasn't at all. And that bar fight scene, what was up with that? I haven't seen the movie in years, but it's but how dare you? That's part I, of my childhood. I recently watched it because I was I was going to be doing a video essay on it. And I was like, I don't think that I want to do a video essay on this movie because it is shit. <laughs> poor poor Dolph Lundgren. But he I'm sure he's doing fine though. Oh, I'm sure he's doing fine. <laughs> with his millions better, of dollars. Better. Better than Val Kilmer, that's for sure. Yeah, poor Wish. guy. Well, hey, he's he's going to be in that new um, Top Gun movie, at least. Val Kilmer. Yeah. With Tom Cruise. That'll, that'll be interesting. Doesn't he have, like, the voice the voice much later now? I Val wonder how Kilmer? they're going to explain that. Uh, I don't know. If Val Kilmer has a voice modulator now? Oh, shit. I got to look that up. I didn't know that. <laughs> haven't, haven't you looked up Val Kilmer the last five years? <laughs> uh, I think he I had, know. like, throat cancer or something like that. Oh, okay. Um, well, shit, that sucks. Which is, yeah, that's why he was in the Kevin Smith movie with a voice modulator. Oh. And he, he hasn't been to the public eye for, like, a very long time. I guess I haven't seen the latest Kevin Smith movie. You're talking about the latest Jay and Silent Bob, or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, Jay yeah, and I haven't Bob seen reboot. that. Yeah. Oh, you should see it. It's kind of fun. Well, if you like Jay and Silent Bob stuff, you'll like it. No, I like I Kevin Smith movies. It's just, dude, there's so many movies I gotta watch and catch up, and I'd rather just watch <laughs> The Office again for, like, the 18th millionth time, and or Star Trek for the 20th millionth time and <laughs> which, which Star Trek though um, I just got done I recently got finished watching Deep Space Nine and then I was starting to work on Voyager again and I did watch the whole uh, series of Star Trek Picard and uh, I really liked Picard and everyone hated it I thought the beginning was fine like the first two episodes and then yeah. and then it started going a bit dude whack. It, it's okay this is my problem with these new star trek shows all right i'm gonna go on a little tirade here they both discovery and star trek picard they need to stop doing these plots that are like earth like galaxy ending the whole galaxy is gonna burn and everyone's gonna die they're all gonna be destroyed i'm like it's it's boring Right, because it's like that's not what Star Trek was. Yeah, ha, ha, did they ever face threats that could have been galaxy-ending and all that? Sure, but it wasn't every single freaking season, not every single episode, and all that. It's I I miss, and I know we're never gonna see the syndicated Star Trek ever again, where it had simple episodes, you know, simple character-building episodes, and it's after just watching through Deep Space Nine again, it's like we're never gonna have a show 
we're never gonna have a Star Trek show like that again. And and I feel like Star Trek Picard, who, what what Patrick Stewart played was not Picard at all. It was a bastardized version of Picard. Um, Seven of Nine was nothing like Seven of Nine, and just the whole plot was just. It was interesting at first, and then when you get deeper into it, it's just dumb. All right, so here's my take. But, but hold uh, on, I agree what, on some of the points. What, one more thing. Riker was fucking awesome, though. Yes. <laughs> I will Riker say that. Riker was absolutely Riker. <laughs> that was the best part. <laughs> but that was that was kind of to be expected. So well, one thing to remember is this is, this is not Star Trek The Next Generation, and this is not Voyager, right? This is the problem. So it was presented as being something that was an extension of that, and it is not. The thing to remember is that this is Picard in his twilight years. He's already gone through so much shit, and now he is realizing that the way he was is gone. That, that is just that type of person is gone. So it, it, this it was a whole thing with the plot point, or I should say the plot hole, of the, the, you know, Data is his best friend, which never was in the series, absolutely. Yeah. Data was just and somebody I was who... so disappointed they never showed Jordy. Like, out of all the people that Data was friends with, <laughs> like, how, how do you not have Jordy involved with it? Because that that was Data's best friend. If you want to say, you know, I know they tried to, to me, I don't know if they were trying to do, like, a gay connotation between Picard and Data and all that stuff, but if they were going to try to do anything like that, it should have been between Jordy and Data. Because they were the ones who were way closer together than any any anyone else with data. I, so the the point I want to bring up, uh, especially when it comes to the new series Picard, is that did Picard ever feel to you in Star Trek: The Next Generation as a human, an empathetic human? Empathetic. Um... I feel like there were definitely episodes where he did, but there a lot of times but, he didn't. But, overall, but yeah. overall, no. But he was also because he had to be captain. He had to be a stoic person like that. You're right. He had to, and now he no longer has to. And I feel like him moving into into this series is him realizing that, okay, actually, now I can be more me. I don't have to, like front that i'm like this this officer of the federation yeah now i can like i'm i care more because i can i can show that weakness Which, okay i i can understand that i can understand that point of view the i think that that's I, i'll, I'll give you that the I'll, same thing with seven of nine i think that for her it came to a point where she was an officer and she was you know learning how to be a human again and then at some point she turns over into being the bounty hunter and she just sees all of the shit and she's like you know what actually I don't like any of this. And I think she's learnt through that period to be more human. But to be more human, she's giving into those wanton desires that she never had, like, never had really given into before. She slips in, I can't remember which episode of, I think it was Deep Space Nine. Uh, I think it was the episode where she has to become the Doctor. She starts showing more of a human you, side. You're talking about Voyager, right? Because she was never in yeah. Deep Space Nine. Yeah, I meant Voyager. Okay. <laughs> uh, but she's showing more of that like, yeah. human side because, you know, the doctor's obviously kind of like training her being that mentor. Um, but I feel like this is the natural progression for her character as well, going from like very much 
actually almost very similar to Picard yeah. into slipping into this like more human character and like now she's prone to acts of rage now she's you know she's fighting for something she actually believes in rather than okay. like going along with it and going like I have to be this person now it's like you know what actually I'm fighting for the underdog and I'm going to do whatever it takes to do this thing however the big thing for me was right at the end of this season where they spoilers for people out there they kill Picard oh god yeah. but they bring him back in a golem that yeah. looks exactly like him at exactly the same age with exactly the lifespan that he would have normally had without the brain issue and it's like he could have just killed him and then you could have brought in anyone else Will Wheaton could have come back oh, like god, forget no. the traveler stuff no don't worry about that shut up or Wesley or Johnny LaForge <laughs> you know or hell we just saw Riker come back into the bloody federation the hell, hell is yeah. Riker the fucking fer- why the heck isn't Riker the, the face of this now? Oh my like, god. Season two could have been Riker continuing the story. Why aren't we doing that? So so I'll give you that with seven and nine Picard. I, I can understand that. My my other problems with the show were a lot of the other characters. Um and, and a lot of their motivations just didn't really make sense. Like Rios and Agnes even somehow getting that that makes zero sense. Um, hey, they're just gonna like you know. Yeah, they're they're out just no like like, like hey burn. Hey, I just murdered my boyfriend that I loved for I don't know how many years. Hey, do you want to get together? Okay, sure. Yeah, yeah no problem. I just murdered my boyfriend. Now I've got a murder burner. Let's burn. What's up? <laughs> and then um um shit. What's her name? The the other one that had the son. Um, the one that's like constantly smoking crack, basically. Yeah, which is really freaking weird. I can't constantly. Well, How many drug references are in this? This is um, a... which what? Fuck! What, what's her name? I can't remember her name. Um, Raffi. 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 Yeah. But but okay. So so this is one of the thing that gets me is so when we first get introduced to her, right? We, we, all of Star Trek, we're led to believe that they don't have to worry about currency. No one's poor. No one has to worry about having food, water, none of that. But yet when we first meet her, she's like, oh, I don't have like this big fancy mansion and all this stuff. And I was like, you destroyed my life. And yeah. I live in a caravan in the middle of the desert. And I, I basically smoke cactus. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's like, well, it, as far as what we understand, the technology of Star Trek you could have your own mansion if you wanted to, right? You know, you could have your own hollow deck with a mansion. You could have a replicator, and hey, you want to build your own mansion? Hey, replicate the parts out and all that stuff. It's but that that to me was dumb. Um, and just I, I don't know. I'm I wasn't a fan of a lot of the other characters, like like the um the the Romulan brother and sister were <laughs> that that whole plot point with the Romulan the weird, brother. Were they? Were they sleeping with each other? They really, like really seemed like... There and they were like, mmm. And he was like, no, no. And she was like, I'm totally rapey. And he's just like, <laughs> Dude. whoa, whoa, sis. Whoa, whoa. I'm, I'm sleeping with the robot right now. Okay, let me keep sleeping with the robot for a while. Dude, there were definitely scenes where you're just like okay are are they gonna kiss or something like yeah i was like they are far too close if they're supposed to be siblings like i've known some really close siblings none of them are this close this close is yeah. like i mean ma- maybe like, that's romulan culture but okay so we've never seen it before why are we seeing but, it now there are a full lights but so 
especially a lot of the beginning episodes where they had uh, the Romulan brother and the Dodge or Soji or wh- whichever twin she was, um, and they were showing those two like falling in love and all this stuff. Dude, that was so boring. That was just it was bad. We're in the middle of a board cube. I'm wearing socks. Wee! Oh Wee! my gosh! Oh, that was so so terrible. And and then and then you and then you got ninja samurai Romulan, and they kill Hugh. And I was just really starting to get into Hugh and all this, and then then he dies. I'm like, oh, so you kill Hugh, but you keep ninja yeah. samurai Romulan mm-hmm. though? I'm like. Ninja Samurai Romulan that's in it for like maybe two episodes talks up how how good of an experience it is working with with uh, Patrick Stewart because I was watching some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, and I'm like, ah, oh, so you're a New Zealander? I mean, you're an actual New Zealander, but you keep the New Zealand accent when you're in character. Unlike everyone else, you don't sound like anyone on the show. What? Oh, yeah, that's right. Choose I, I, I guess I guess I didn't um catch that, but no, I mean, like I said, I, yeah, for people that like it, great, that's awesome. It to me, it's just not Star Trek. It's Star Trek has gone so far from what it's gone like, and I will say, I did really enjoy Star Trek Discovery season one. I really enjoyed it. Season two completely killed any hope I had for the show because it was just so dumb. I'm enjoying both, but valid criticisms, valid. I mean, as as I was saying, like, I I really enjoyed Picard, but I have a lot of issues with it as well. So, like, even from like a, a film slash you know uh, critics point of view, I can see all these like major plot holes and just major problems with the script writing. Uh, but at the same time, for me, it's like I kind of didn't want this to be. Star Trek. I mean, I kind of wanted something a bit different because we watched, you know, how many seasons of Next Gen? There were seven seasons. It's and, and another thing I got to say about it is, and this is what really gets me with these new Star Treks is the thing that I love about Star Trek that you know the ultras from the original series up to Enterprise, all of them is they That's all. So you liked Enterprise compared to these? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually a big fan of Enterprise. Um, I, I just love it when people, you know, give it shit. <laughs> yeah, the the thing that I love with these is, or the old ones was, it gave you some semblance of hope for humanity in the future, right? You, you felt mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, we're going through so much shit in present day right now that hey you know these people they figured it out right they were they were able to get humanity to work together they were able to save world you know solve world hunger and poverty and all this stuff they figured out that's what we have to look and aspire to star trek discovery and especially star trek picard the way you see the federation basically being pieces of shit and (laughs) and all that and you're just like it just sort of like shatters that facade. And I'm not saying we can't have, you know, Hey, you know, section 31 and you know, these secret things happening and all this. I'm not saying, but to just keep overly stating like, Hey, everyone sucks in Federation, all that stuff. It's sort of, it sort of destroys everything they've been previously building upon. And it just for the sake of, Hey, we're going to be edgy and Mm -hmm. whatever. All right. So I'm not going to get too political. However, (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, when somebody says however, it's always a great one. I know. Uh, all right. So original Star Trek, did that deal with politics? Yeah, it did. Not just, not just like, 
politics as in like politicians, but politics as in social politics. Yeah. Oh no, no, it did, I, and I'm not that discounting yeah. that it that Star Trek's never dealt with politics, like social politics or anything like that, and social issues. It always has, but it's. See, I think the big problem with this at this point is that, I mean, you are right, and and I'm absolutely going to touch on that. Is that every show has been based around politics of its time, right? Mm-hmm. Picard rewrites some of those previous shows in regards to the currency thing, but also feels so much like what we're living in now, but removes all that hope. But yeah, there, but, is, there but, is nothing to hope for in Picard. Yeah, wh- that, but why do we need that in a show? Like, you look at a show like The Orville, which is more Star Trek than actual Star Trek mm-hmm. now, and they're able to touch upon social issues that are being talked about today. You know, mm-hmm. you look at season one of Orville where um, got the Mocklin when he had his kid in, in season one and it turned out to be a daughter and they have a society where, you know, hey, there are no females in that society. It's only you're males. Yeah. You're only dudes. And if you're born a female, you're yeah. going to end up being augmented into a dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that that is a big social issue with trans folk. And mm. that that to me was a really powerful episode where they fought for the right to keep their uh, daughter to be a daughter. But I ended up, they, they ended up losing at the end. But then, um, you know, there's episodes past that. But to me, I don't see why they can't still do a Star Trek show similar to what it was and still be touching upon current issues. I think I think in a way they were trying to do that with the hey everyone's different we want to like accept this entire race of like synthetic beings, but I think they screwed it up. They, they, I they really do. They, they go about it like <laughs> trying to build an epic story, like like they have to do this epic storyline. They have to have episode. They have to have the whole season be one continuous long episode essentially. And and I know that's the way a lot of TV shows are doing it nowadays, but. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to do that. I mean, it, I'm, and I'm not saying each episode can't connect to each other because you look at Deep Space Nine. You know that was a series that built upon itself slowly and slowly, and it was able to succeed. And it did have episodes that were continuous with it. So, for, to people who say that it can't be done anymore, yeah, it can look at the Orville. That that was done it with absolutely that. Absolutely can. Yeah, but I I sort of see where they were what they were trying to do. And I just feel like the script writers just kind of screwed it up. Of course they did. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and that's the thing. Like, again, I can enjoy the show, but I can also see how many faults there are with the show. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, as long as they have it, more Riker in Star Trek Picard, I think I'd be fine. You know, and I know Guinan's coming back. If they have Q show up for mm-hmm. a cameo or something, I'd be freaking happy. Uh, they definitely will. They absolutely will. If they, if they have Guinan, they have to have Q. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> I the the one thing that I was surprised about is that they did so they were touching on the Borg so heavily with like the Lacutus of Borg thing, but there was no payoff to it. Yeah, like oh, yeah. It, it, the, instead the Borg of seven of nine, useless. it should have actually been Lacutus of Borg who reattaches to the Borg cube, you know, and and then have him go out that way. And That's again, what I thought was going to happen. Like, then have Riker as seasons two bloody captain, and we can go back into Star Trek land, and Riker then turns over and, and is now, you know, like a captain. Or, or, or even, even if they didn't, let's say Picard never got attached to the cube or anything. I, I wish 
I got so excited when they showed Seven of Nine hooking up to the cube to try to like take control of the cube. I'm like, yes, n now maybe the, we'll have this character that will do her best to control the Borg but end up failing and they got to do something to stop her. Nope. She gets connected in like two seconds later. Oh no, I'm just gonna. I'm like, oh, that that was that was such a like I was so excited and then. Whoop. Especially when they touched on like she even said like if I hook up to this I don't know what's gonna happen. There's a chance that I I could just be the new Borg queen. And then she and acts like, like nothing oh, happens. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's yeah, do it. Let's what are you talking about? It's crashed. God damn it! <laughs> I'm gonna hook up. Oh, we crashed. Yeah, I know. I mean, m because maybe flowers maybe in season two base, base flowers. well okay well I, <laughs> the, the the giant flowers didn't really bother me that much because we've seen crazy crazier stuff oh, in yeah. star trek like like there, there was what lincoln in the original series like space lincoln and then yeah. um, <laughs> and then you've got like uh the traveler in next gen and um yeah. and the the energy whale thing you know oh yeah we've seen, don't get me wrong i know we've seen like really weird stuff it's just like somehow this these flowers are taking down a borg cube i i, um, I didn't mind that too much it, it was i mean like i said we've seen crazier stuff but i i get where you're coming from though it is it's silly it's dumb but it's, it's just like here's a ship and 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 a flower uh trying to reach for something <laughs> bigger 10 times that is the size of a bog cube uh, uh, so your little dice are the flower right yeah so so the, the, the this is like a normal ship right and this yeah. is a bog cube and this is my hand is the flower yeah i don't see the problem okay. I, don't, I don't see the issue <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was just like having a bog cube which is supposed to be one of the most feed and fearsome you know, destructive forces in the universe being taken know, down right? by a synthetic flower thingy. Like, I just, sure, okay, why not? Oh, you know, it was another, I just remember another disappointing thing about Picard, how there was, like, zero mention of the Dominion War. Like, the the war that pretty much ravaged the entire sector of the galaxy for, for the that that whole alpha quadrant of the galaxy like the Klingons Romulans you know Cardassians and especially the Federation there's no mention of it you know hey it's only like 15 years later after the Dominion War and eh, no problem I mean a, at, at least matter. even um, a slight mention of it you know mm. like even that would have been enough for me but no they don't make Instead, it's oh no, the the androids blew up Mars. Oh well, you know the 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 Dominion just you know took over almost the entire quadrant of the galaxy. No big deal. But M Mars being blown up is way more important. <laughs> way more important. People remember that way more than a massive freaking war. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, I mean, I I don't know. It, it's we're, we're never gonna get Star Trek the way it was before, and it makes me sad. And that's that's why I look forward to season three of the Orville. I can't wait for that. I mean, well, hopefully. Mm. I don't even know who the heck knows with all this pandemic stuff. Who knows? Yeah. Wait, who what's knows? your favorite Star Trek show? Uh, probably Next Gen, to be honest. <clears throat> Next Gen is, is definitely my thing. So when I first watching when I first started watching Next Gen was probably when I was still in high school. I think mm -hmm. late high school. So it's probably in year maybe year eleven. Um, because somebody had said something when they came around and they're like, Hey, let's, you know, let's smoke some weed and, and watch some Star Trek. And I was like, what's, what's Star Trek? And they were like, 
but you love comic books. And I was like, yeah. It's like, but you've never watched Star Trek. And I'm like, I don't think so. I've watched Doctor Who. And they're like, oh, you're going to love this then. And I was hooked from the from the first moment. And we started in, I think it was probably season one, episode five. Oh, nice. And so I you've been there like, since the beginning, pretty much. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is this is nice. This is fine. I get it. But it wasn't until season two when we get bearded Riker that I was like, I am on board. I want a saxophone. I want facial hair, <laughs> which didn't come in for another ten years. <laughs> sort of like still not really there. Uh, oh, dude, but I'm yeah, like as you. soon as Riker became actual Riker, I was so on board with the show. Absolutely. So and then Riker once we started favorite? seeing the Riker maneuver as well, it's just yeah. like, just, just, and it, it's a weird thing to say because I don't find that I'm like amazingly masculine, but the the whole Riker maneuver thing is just like masculinity personified with like the, the chair stand and the chair hop, you know, oh, those yeah. two things. It's just like him being like, you know what? I am the most sexy man and I am bloody good. And it's just like. Yes, you are, Ike. Yes, you are. <laughs> <laughs> Even more so than Captain Kirk? Oh, absolutely. I don't like Kirk. Oh, my. How dare you? Yeah, how? no, original series is definitely not. How? No. I've, I've tried, and I'm just like, nah, I just don't like this. I mean, all. like, I, I know I'm young and all that stuff, but um, I could not get into Next Gen at all when I was younger, I remember. But I loved the original series, though. Something about it just clicked with me when I was younger and freaking loved it. I love Kirk Spock, Spock and Bones. Th- those three are mm-hmm. like my favorite and um well, I think I think that so from the people that I know who loved the original series, most of them caught it when they were a kid and I feel like it was absolutely for the most part squarely aimed at children. Like it was it was a a, a grown-up children's show. Yeah. If you look at the aesthetic of it, like it's very Flash Gordon. It is oh, very yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's very a colorful. Lot of the themes Ve- very. And the colors and stuff. Mm-hmm. When you look at Next Gen, that's it's... more the adolescent show. And, and it's more mute. The colors are a lot more muted and not as bright mm-hmm. and flashy. And Oh, I totally get yeah. it. And, and it's a lot, um, way less action, too, w- yeah. when you look yeah. at it. And so, and it's, I get it's... that. It's as I've gotten older, Next Gen, I definitely you know love next gen deep space nine and voyager and all that it's tos is probably still my favorite series out of all of them and my second favorite god it's like such a close tie between next gen and deep space nine it's deep space nine is just so good except i just really don't like the ending to it the whole space jesus thing and it's i'm I'm not a fan of that (laughs) it's space jesus oh what were they thinking i mean i i get it i like it and all that but it's you know, I, I compare the ending of Deep Space Nine compared to the ending of Next Gen, like much better last episode, com- Next Gen, yeah. and um, and yeah, it and yeah, and then Voyager, God, that ending was just you. You, you know what? You don't did make the ending of Voyager better. The the trilogy series that was written right after the show that that. I- I, I mean, it, it, I mean, it's not really that great, but at least it gave me some closure as to what happened to these characters after they got back to Earth and all that. So, it gives you a little bit. Of Jane, Janeway. What you don't like Janeway? No, no. Oh, shit. I freaking no. love her. She's such she a. Just, she just seems abrasive. She doesn't feel like a captain. Like, okay, so crazy. Cisco wow. and Deep Space Nine first four episodes, much the same. 
uh, feels very abrasive, angry. You know, Janeway to me always felt that way through the whole series. Like I watched the whole series and I didn't like it because I just don't like Janeway. Everyone else is fine, but Janeway just feels like, and I think it comes back to a school thing. She feels like a, a principal. She she doesn't feel like a Star Trek captain. She feels like a principal trying to constantly scold the children around her. Is is, is the way that I feel about it, and it's just she just gr- just grates me the wrong way. It just feels abrasive constantly. Oh, wow. Even when she smiles, I'm like, just. Why are you so angry when you're smiling? <laughs> did you have a do you have a principal or school teacher that was just like her that You know, I I don't I not that I can remember doesn't mean that it isn't the case I am quite old at this point so <laughs> my, But uh, not cuz I didn't get that I didn't get that from her at all. She um I I loved her and same with Cisco too. Um, and, and to me, just like what we were talking about with Picard, they both kind of exude. They have to show that stoicness and toughness. And mm-hmm. the the one thing that was a little disappointing with Voyager, and so many people have made mention of this, is how they really didn't show the consequences of a lot of what happened to their ship throughout the series. Where you know their ship was almost totally destroyed one episode, and the next episode, oh, everything's fine. It's everything's like, fine. We repaired it. Don't worry about it. Yeah. And it's like you guys would have ran out of resources eventually, you know. Uh-huh. And and they like never you're in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and and, and it's it's not like I wanted the whole show to be about survival and all that stuff, but at least show some sort of stakes, you know, as Look, it's if building FTL, up. If FTL has shown me anything, <laughs> if oh, faster than light computer no, game. Yeah, I mean, I. I've yeah. heard of it. I don't I, know anything about it. For other people, just in case, because yeah. I just thought about like, oh, maybe not everyone knows what the FTL is. Look it up. <laughs> no, what what does just, FTL show you? Well, if it's taught me anything, yeah, you, you're kind of screwed in space, you know. <laughs> Your ship's going to take a lot of damage, and you're probably going to die. <laughs> yeah, and it's definitely the scary part. Um, God, you, you know, um, I can keep going on about Star Trek. Um <laughs> Welcome to the Star Trek podcast. Welcome to Star Trek with Zuby, um, episode one. Uh, Trekking with Zuby. Trekking with Zuby. There you go. God, no, I, I can't do another podcast. <laughs> no. Um, and then also, what they're doing like a Star Trek cartoon now or something? I heard and yeah, apparently, uh, no interest in that at all. At all. Did anyone have interest in the previous cartoon that came out in the? I want to oh, say oh, the animated series. Yeah. Oh, what? No. I mean, I watched like one or two episodes of it because it was on Netflix or something. And oh yeah. god, it's terrible. <laughs> it's so yeah. Bad. I I didn't know about it. Saw it on Netflix. I turned it on. I turned it off. Like this is horrible. Well, well. One other quick question: What's your favorite Star Trek movie? Ooh, uh, that is a good question. What's the one with Bane in it? Not with Bane. Bane with um. Is it Bane? You're talking about Michael. Or, um, Tom, Tom Hardy. Tom, Tom Hardy? Yeah. Yeah, the one that everyone hates, that movie. Oh, oh, Star Trek Nemesis? Yeah, I thought Nemesis was real good. Oh, dang. I mean, it, 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 it's, <laughs> it's, it's better than Insurrection, that's for sure. Star yeah, Trek Insurrection well. was pretty bad. Um, my favorite one was uh, Undiscovered Country, Star Trek VI. It's basically Macbeth in space. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it very much was Macbeth in space, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean Rathacon. I mean you can't go wrong with Rathacon, and then, and then when freaking J.J. Abrams redid 
Rathacon. Oh. And 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 made you agree with Khan instead of making Khan into the villain, made him into a sympathetic villain. I know, right? Oh god, I hated that movie. I only ever saw it I, once. I hate watched it one time, and I'm like, never again. I watched it, and throughout the whole thing, I was like, why do I love, absolutely love Khan in this movie? Like, How I'm supposed you. to hate him. He's a terrorist. He's you know, it's, <clears throat> oh, I I don't hate him because he's right. He's absolutely right. He's doing everything to like for his people, and and it's because they've been screwed over and like cast out. And I'm like, ah, oh, this is really awkward because I'm barracking for the villain, not for my heroes. How like, dare I you! I want the, the villain to survive and kill everyone. Oh, this is awkward. Yeah, pretty much. How dare you! <laughs> Nothing could ever replace Ricardo Montalbán's chest. Uh, <laughs> uh, Again, masculinity. <laughs> and it's it's crazy when I look back at Wrath of Khan, like Kirk and Khan never even met each other in that movie. They, they were only ever saw each other via the view screen when you think about it. <laughs> um, I think it was only Chekhov was the only one who actually met Khan throughout the whole mm-hmm. movie. Um, now, it's... Um, God. So I'm sure people are sick of us talking about Star Trek now. Uh, what else is going on? Um, what else have you been up to? Man? Uh, ooh, not really much. I mean, working from home has been an experience. Uh, trying to navigate my way around like crap Australian internet. Uh, I went and bought like a 4G uh, router, basically, yeah. so that I'm on the 4G network instead of ADSL 2 plus because Australian Australian infrastructure for internet is third world country. Uh, actually, oh, I shouldn't yeah. say that. It's fourth <clears throat> because some third world countries actually have better more reliable internet than australia does really dang it's no sense yeah our, our internet speeds are really bad wow that's crazy yeah uh they just put in like national broadband mm-hmm. it's on copper wires instead though instead of like proper fiber so they put it on copper and not fiber why yeah. what the hell it, it, exactly exactly oh so God. it's just piggybacked like piece of crap basically so some people still get fiber to the node but it's not actually fiber to the node technically speaking so it's a copper back end it's it's a copper back end wow so the speeds are still pretty terrible um yeah that makes zero sense to me uh you think fiber would be cheaper at this point because old businessmen doing business that shouldn't be doing business is what i say about our politicians god yeah Whatever. Just shows you how much we have access to, like, make a change. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! But but we're we're talking about the same the same government body that um removed games funding, you know, because uh, apparently designing video games in Australia isn't bringing in as much money as they would like, even though actually it is. They don't see it as a long term investment, and instead they're investing in like. What was it forty billion dollars in these shitty submarines that are already showing problems, and we haven't even had them delivered yet? Sounds about right. Because you know, yeah. video, video yeah. games are just the—they're they're not going to be around much longer. You know? No, no, they're, yeah. they're children's things, you know. Yeah, I mean, we saw not, that in the eighties and nineties. It's—you know—they're <laughs> they're not going to last that long. You play any good exactly. video games lately, or anything, or? Uh, I've been playing a free-to-play game called Crossout, which is pretty cool. Which is, I guess. Come again, ish. 
Okay. It's it's like post-apocalyptic. You're driving around in a car, shooting at people, like at other cars. Uh, so that's kind of cool. That's that's pretty much mostly what I've been playing, other than Magic. Uh, uh, I, I know. I think I think I have you added on the Switch. Are you playing Animal Crossing? I, I'm playing a lot of Animal Crossing. I wasn't going to bring that up because it feels like a secret shame. This there's nothing to be shamed. There's it. nothing to be shamed about <laughs> Animal Crossing. All right. So. So at the beginning of my stream I had today, Paper EDH, Efren from Cardsphere, he's got, I, I get him and his wife are apparently huge Animal Crossing fans. They've played like every single game from the GameCube and up. And they've got like a collection of cards of Animal Crossing. I guess the 3DS Animal yeah, Crossing had like booster packs or something. Yep. And I, I, I've never been into Animal Crossing before except this one. And um, he was showing me like all these binders of Animal Crossing cards. I'm like, holy crap, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm obsessed with it. I just unlocked Terraforming on my island at KK Slider Visit. And it was amazing. I did that last week. So this week was like 2 million uh, bells into turnips. Because it's Sunday for here, for us. Oh so. shit, that's right. I gotta remember that tomorrow. <laughs> so I mean, other than that, like I, I'm still hopping in because I kind of want to make the perfect house. Yeah. But I mean, I have problems with the game. Like, uh, you get to a point where you've upgraded your house enough that you can't build onto it. Yeah. And I'm like, but I want more rooms. I want the rooms to be bigger. I want like all of these. And I'm like, it just feels like the game was a bit short-sighted in in the scope of what you can do. Have you played other ones? No. Okay. This is my first Animal Crossing game. Okay. So, uh, yeah. But, I mean, still, even even that being the case, like, coming into it, I'm like, this could be improved so much, and I don't understand why it hasn't been. Oh, the, the, the my biggest complaint about it or probably, is probably the UI and the menu system. It's so oh, bad. It's horrible. It's just to talk to someone to get something done, you have to go through five million menus, and and if you mm-hmm. accidentally click on the wrong button, up oh, you gotta do it all over again. I do mean, it again. It's and it's an it's annoying as hell, and and the online is just terrible. Yeah, it's yeah. um, but I mean overall, I've been in love with the game. I've dropped over I think seventy hours into it. I'm um, definitely not as much as some people like Pixie. She's She's obsessed with it, and her island's amazing. My island, I pretty much, as soon as I unlock terraforming, because I've only been sort of decorating my island a little bit, but I pretty much tore everything down on my island, and I cleared everything out, and I've just been terraforming. I've been moving buildings. I've been getting money for that. Now that Sunday's coming, I'm going to probably spend half a million bells and turnips to you know get money back on that and mm-hmm. just go from there, man. It's freaking, I love it. I'm obsessed. It's a good game, but I mean, as I said, like it's just—I feel like it's got issues. It's got oh, issues. Oh yeah, it, it does. Um, have are have you played that new Final Fantasy VII game? No, no. not interested. Not, not interested. interested. No, uh, yeah. my partner Hayden's been playing it, but I'm just—I I, just—I see it and I'm like, yep, it's Final Fantasy VII. That's great. Like, I I played one Final Fantasy game in my entire life, and it was on a PSP. And apparently, it's like not actually a Final Fantasy game. It's an offshoot. So it's like Final Fantasy something or other, but yeah, <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. so it's, it's similar to Final Fantasy, even though it's a Final Fantasy game, it's not actually Final Fantasy and I really enjoyed it. And I tried another Final Fantasy game, which I didn't enjoy. And I was like, that's just an RPG thing. I think like, I just mm. can't be bothered. It's not, it's not everybody's cup of tea. It's I'm a huge Final Fantasy nut and um, Final Fantasy and Zelda are probably my two biggest things like with video game franchises. 
and all that. And then I recently played. Um, have you have you played that new Doom Eternal game no. or anything? No. No, just mainly magic and Animal Crossing. Yeah, it's not the worst much. thing. It's yeah. I've been playing way too much magic lately, and I mean by way too much, I mean just pretty much EDH and arena. It's yeah. um, I've been ignoring my Animal Crossing island. I feel bad. Yeah. I mean, as I said, I've been working on other projects at the moment. So, yeah. you know, Command of the Distancing, getting that all set up has been, you know, a, a, an interesting an interesting feat because of time zones and stuff. And I, I need to get no. on a game with you for that. It's um, We need to mm-hmm. schedule something. We definitely need to schedule something. Um, and starting up uh, video essays in the background, uh, which no one's seen anything of yet. Because I, I I need to edit <laughs> I need to edit video into these into these uh, audio tracks, which is just a daunting task. Like it's fifteen yeah. minutes, but it's fifteen minutes that, as you know, with editing, is going to become like fifteen to thirty hours worth of editing. Oh, dude, trying I to know. fit that it's... around like everything else. And, uh... So I, I'm working on a little bit of a script outline right now um, for my RPG companion podcast that's mainly about D&D and I'm working on a um a comparison series of comparing Pathfinder 2nd edition to D&D 5th edition and um I'm do I'm for my episode I'm working on right now and these episodes always take me a lot longer because I like to write it out and research and all that stuff not like Magic with Zubi where I'm like yeah hey let's just talk about whatever <laughs> um <laughs> Um, but th- this one is I'm doing one from a player's perspective what's really different mm-hmm. and then I'm doing another one from a DM's perspective and um, it's turned out to be pretty interesting I've reached out to some people uh, who are really into Pathfinder that I mean I've never actually played Pathfinder but I have devoured the the rule book and it's mm-hmm. with it being a D20 system very similar to d and I, 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 I understand how to play it and all that stuff it's yeah. just a different rule set and all that but um it's it's starting out to be interesting projects i'm working on that and then um there's magic for normies and then my streaming stuff man it's pretty much pretty much it for me too Mm -hmm. so um i think um and we can probably start wrapping up things here um it's well it's getting a little bit late for me um Mm -hmm. what time is it for you right now like one o'clock still early one o'clock uh 12 38 oh bro 12 30 okay Okay. Um, I guess uh, to wrap things up here, where can people find your content here? Sure. Uh, so best place to follow me would be at Cheshire Plays on Twitch. Uh, on Twitch. On Twitter. Uh, on Twitch, you can catch me at, at Cheshire Plays Games. Like twitch.tv forward slash Cheshire Plays Games. Same with YouTube. YouTube.com forward slash Cheshire Plays Games. They are the best places to catch me. Um, pretty much, if you follow me on Twitter and talk to me about Commander, I'm always going to respond. Sweet. Uh, or at least I will try to always respond. Uh, if I don't see your tweet, uh, I'll definitely see it at some point and respond, I hope. Um, hit, hit that follow button. Hit that follow button. Hit I'll that like, follow subscribe, back. follow button, and whatever the... Jam it with a dab. J- dab, dab, dab. My kids, don't, my kids don't like it when I dab and all that. They, they're they like, oh, dad, you're so lame. I'm like, shh, you don't even know how lame I am. All right? <laughs> I'm the lamest you ever seen, boys. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah, man. That's, well, that's pretty much it. Well, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, all right, thanks for having me back on. Yes. <laughs> I know, right? It's 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 technically our second interview, but the first one, oh god, that they got lost <laughs> to the fire. <laughs> to the uh, fires of time and hell. Yeah. Well, no, we'll have to do it again sometime and um yep. 
Absolutely. And definitely try to do the commander the distancing. That's um, mm-hmm. just have to. I, I know next couple weeks are not good for me, um, mm-hmm. but pro- probably sometime in May will be better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll work it out. All right, all right. Well, have a good one, you man. Sure. All right. You too. All right.